Beyond FM. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. The 314. St. Louis. Beyond FM. The best of everything STL. They said it was just a good story. One that would soon come to an end. They expected us to be satisfied with how far we've come. We're not satisfied. We're here to prove that the past is merely a point of reference and not a predictor of the future. Our team is relentless. We've overcome adversity. We've delivered at the most crucial times. Do you think we have their attention now? You think they can hear us? It's bigger than us. It's about our city. All of us, together, pushing towards the same goal. This is about our dream. About chasing immortality. A collective idea. A singular goal. Do you want it? Do you want to be a part of the greatest time in our history? Together, we're going to dig deep and give everything we have because this, this is all we know. Our eyes are on the ultimate goal. This is about writing a story that will be told for generations to come. And they think we're at the end. Hey, buddy, we're still here. Parental discretion strongly advised. It's sports and local music wrapped up into one. It's Hat Tricks with Patrick on Beyond FM. Regulators, mount up! I feel free like I'm out at last. Like it's New Year's Eve, loud as a shoddy blast. I'm just kidding like Jason rocking the hockey mask. St. Louis blues from the cradle to the body bag. The blacker the berry, then the closer the Venus. The serve with love, Sharapova versus Serena. Got the book from Black Spade, the words of a genius. From Cat Davis to Mike Brown, murder is legal. But the police so sleazy, they working for who? You been a mark, you really thought they working for you? I'ma speak what I feel Got a lot of liars keeping it real That don't mean that they wrong Being honest don't mean that you right Until you die, you can be what you like Yeah, that's the meaning of life Only reason why I'm even alive I'm overheating off a demon inside It's more than seeking to shine Alleviating all the evil I hide I keep away, but you can see in my eyes I'm no... That's for air gone and every father that's left they rather call you a threat They never called you an African Vincent called me the GOAT You know the homie is accurate <laughs> A little inside joke Like if COVID was a hoax What you inside for? The more that I learn and the less I know So as far as I'm concerned And I just don't know you It's levels Now I stay fed up With the FBI and all the fake rebels It's like every time they want a fake medal For killing fellow Americans, everyday devils Making heaven out of hell like a Yeah, that Five shots like fake yelling Every victim is keeping secrets, you can't sell them And that's facts, so all the kneeling, we pass that Next time they attack, we gotta blast back Go ahead, publish the story, can get your cap Snitches don't get stitches, they meet the mortician Dead men tell no tales, that's none of your business Just can't win to get the forfeit And money got split down the middle like a divorce sentence Women get widowed, children are orphan I'm all with the written, it's off of the head God villain, data AKA deliver payday. Really? With me, I make you famous like Ray J. Vader. 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 The best of everything STL Beyond FM. Welcome to the Monday Night Show on a Tuesday. 
you know, first of the month type of situations. Poor Douglas has uh, things to do and people to see and places to go and all that kind of good stuff, right? Yeah, super busy these days. <laughs> you're, you're always busy, man. Uh Busy weekend for all of us. Uh, you were out in Robertsville doing your thing, and I understand there was some equipment issues. Hopefully that was uh, cleared up going forward, basically, with calling some motocross stuff. Yeah, I think uh, as long as we get the trailer back up and running um, before the next race uh, here in a couple of weeks, we should be good on that. Um, I'm obviously looking for equipment myself now, just to be on the safe side if this happens again. If it, yeah, let's hope it doesn't happen again because, man, be, trying to do, like, play-by-play and stuff like that when you're equipment. kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, middle gonna, of nowhere. Equipment was three and a half hours away in a broke-down trailer. Damn. Three and a half hours away. Like, southwest or what What area? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Was that Dell's, uh, Dell Power Sports, wherever they are? Um, so, yeah, it was like no way I could even get to the equipment. I mean, it was just two stand-up PA systems, a mic, a switchboard, and right. a generator. I could have put right. that in the back of my pickup truck. And <laughs> but you just, called oh. me, and I was I was expecting I was going to have to drive down to Robertsville and uh, meet you and drop off some of my DJ stuff, and it would have been no problem. And, you know, you leave me hanging and don't tell me what's going on, but that's neither here or there. I got frustrated and with the whole situation <laughs> because I took the weekend off of work. You frustrated? No. Wow. Man, this weekend was just a bad weekend. You can ask Chrissy off air about some of the stuff that happened this weekend oh with my temper. Oh, um, boy. But no, it was just, it was a frustrating thing because I took, obviously, I took off work to go do this. Yeah, I was going to say, because you were then, in Robertsville on a Saturday, and I was like, yeah. man, I was expecting you to be at work, basically. So so after all that disappointment, I went to Cheeburger Cheeburger there on Manchester. Yeah. They have a food challenge there. And you I, didn't. Sm- I smashed the food challenge in less than 10 minutes. Do I even want to know? Man, it's the easiest food challenge I've ever even seen. Okay. Let's hear about it. Let me tell me about it. I mean, come on. This is like, this is compelling radio stuff right now. It's a one pound burger. Okay. That's not bad. With whatever toppings you want on it. Okay. That's it. And what's the challenge? You got to finish this one pound burger. That's it? Yeah. And you get. It's your- not much of a challenge. Right. But see, here's where people mess up. Because people, it's like olive cart. So people add sides to it. Sure. Well, the sides aren't the challenge. Yeah. Just the burgers, the challenge. And it's not I mean you get your a picture taken, put on the wall saying you've done it. But I had, the, the waitress came over. She's like, "Wow, that was quick. You're done already." I'm like, "It was just a pound burger." I One mean, pound burger, and like, what all did you put on, like toppings wise? I had. Uh, so I know you're a pretty bacon, simplistic guy. So. Bacon, like a chipotle mayonnaise, and pepper jack cheese. Chipotle mayonnaise, which would tear my stomach to shreds. So there's no, that's a no for me. I don't me. think I had uh, pickles on there too, because you know how I like my pickles. Yeah, but uh, and that was literally it. Yeah. Okay. And I, ate I it, mean, I ate it in like less. That's than the most 10 simplistic minutes. challenge ever. I was expecting you to like drop out this whole thing that you went and did the Pointosaurus challenge down in uh, down on down near Delmar. Well, I mean, 
You know, if you don't know up. the point of Soros Challenge, you got to look it up. It's a huge, like, gymungus pizza, and it take you get like two people in like a full hour to eat this whole damn thing. And I've been begging, I've been begging Tony and Rustin to go try it. I don't know if they would do it, but I think Doug might actually take a swipe <laughs> at it by himself now that he pushed back a cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger challenge by himself. So. <laughs> And I asked, I said, well, what made you so shocked that I finished it so quick? She's like, people can't finish that. I'm like, the challenge is just the burger, right? It's a right? one-pound burger, man. She's like, yeah, it's just the burger. I'm like, people add sides, don't they? She's like, they add sides, they get appetizers. Yeah, that's... No. I literally got the burger and a... I feel like we're going to do like a man versus food challenge type of situation here. And it's like, as Adam would say, you know, you can't like fill up on like bread and stuff like that too early because then you get screwed and you screw your stomach up. And yeah, that, that doesn't work like that. I had a pretty decent weekend. I would say, uh, Friday night I was at Delmar or not Delmar, uh, Blueberry Hill Duck Room got oh, to discrepancies? See, discrepancies, got to see them live and they put on a hell of a show. Uh, one of the better parts of the entire night was Dubflow showed up from Egan's Rats, showed up dressed as a Viking, hair in a braid and everything. And he was a, he ends up getting on stage and performs like the last like 20 minutes with discrepancies. And it was an overall, it was a badass night. Uh, Sunday or Saturday, that was Friday night. Saturday, I ended up going to see Crystal O'Connor and the Whiskey Rebels out at Pub uh, Turtle Creek Pub out in O'Fallon. So I drove. This is this was my drive time. This is my entire. Oh, drive. I saw. This is my whole drive I saw. time. I went from Fenton all the way up to O'Fallon. Hung out with Crystal and Dan or Crystal and Ben uh, for probably about an hour, and you know. We uh, we are celebrities to them, by the way. I didn't. I don't know if you know this, but to the whole five people that were inside Turtle Creek Pub and brewer or brewery or whatever it is in O'Fallon, Crystal and Dan or Ben were sitting there preaching that you know the world famous Beyond FM, and we got a celebrity <laughs> in our midst, and they're just pointing me out as I'm sitting by myself eating nachos. <laughs> How much do they have to drink before this? They, this was actually their second straight night of performing. And Crystal said that they were still recovering from the night before. But I, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because I'm sure Dan and Dan, his cue ball self No, was Dan, Dan was not there. Dan was not really? there. Dan was watching the fights elsewhere. Um, uh-oh. I believe I know what this is. If you're hearing that, you're hearing my ringtone. And I'm pretty sure that is our guest for this evening. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Davy. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey. All right. We are finally, we are joy. I was getting ready to uh, try to do as like a small introduction um, with our guest. We were waiting on our guest for the evening and here he is the one and only St. Louis Anarchy Zone. Um, so correct me if I'm missing anything for these titles. Okay. Okay. So we have the Ace of Anarchy, the Spitfire, the uh, Miracle Worker, and I know I missed this when I did your introductions on social media today. The Gateway Heritage Champion, right? Or is it the uh, the Destination Champion? Destination Champion. I am so sorry. That's no, not, no, that's, you're good. That's bad. 
Everyone really just no, no, no. They just uh, <laughs> they they just no. They just added it. Um, uh, it was Journey's title, and they just added it to Anarchy, and I won it off of Christian Rose. That's right. You you won it at the last show, which I believe was as seen on Anarchy, right? Yes, correct. All right. So all the titles in right here for the one and only Davey Vega. We appreciate you coming on, Davey. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So we got a plug uh, this coming Friday. We have uh, eyes or Giants Woke Eyes Open, which I have asked a couple of different people involved with Anarchy, and they didn't really know where that title came from. Greg Jovi had no idea. I don't believe Gary knew either, so I'm wondering if you know where that title came from. I, I hate to uh, burst your bubble, but there's a, you're, you're going to have to take an L on this one too because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're over three. We're over yeah. three on this. Strike out, man. Damn. All right. I was hoping We're, you would have like a little more insight towards. We're going to have to ask Matt. Yeah. Uh, I guess, no. I guess Friday we have to ask Matt, uh, the proprietor and owner of St. Louis Anarchy, where the title actually came from. Yeah, if uh, obviously if anybody knew it would be him, but I'm uh, I'm a little upset that uh, I don't uh, I'm not uh, cool enough to know the show names ahead of time anymore. So <laughs> you're not in the inner circle anymore. That's this is your way of uh, finding out you're not in the inner circle. That's <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so what's been up, man? How you been, dude? Like last time I saw you, you had won the championship at uh, the last show at Spalding Hall. Uh, been traveling much had any uh new new championships won basically yeah i mean things have been good i i mean life like um it's been a couple of years now but uh and now like with me being um doing singles uh and then trying to uh you know balance life on top of that uh i'm still on the road but not not as much like you won't see me on like triple shots or or anything like that much anymore, but, uh, uh, things are good. Um, I, I really, I really, uh, can't really complain. I'm still busy and people like to see me work still. So that, that fingers crossed that that keeps happening. I mean, you, I would say you were probably like more, one of the more popular wrestlers out of like St. Louis anarchy, because I've seen you in like different promotions from like eight, what was it? AWA. And you've like wrestled with like so many, names like people that we'll see on tv like i've seen i saw you in a uh was just scrolling through youtube and i saw a match with you and chuck taylor where you uh bit chuck taylor's hand when he was chopping you um yeah i've seen god let's see one of my favorite clips is with you and fidget and uh your confrontation with uh killer cross (laughs) so you got to talk a little bit about that yeah uh so I think it was right after um, Cross's Lucha Underground run. He came into AAW and was like, um, "They Scarlett was with us, and they they were like, well, they're doing the gimmick everywhere else with him and Scarlett, so let's let's maneuver towards that." And uh, it worked out pretty well. I mean, it, it was bound to happen. Uh, you know, somebody was going to get betrayed, and uh, it had to be the besties. So always ends up happening, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the angle was fun. Um, the, just, when we do promo, uh, we, we, we have like a like bare bones outline and then we just, we really just kind of, uh, we just go, um, and we just like kind of vibe off each other. And I think that's what, 
is one of our strong suits or always has been um, when we were, we were wrestling the promos. We were able to just, uh, there, we, we had a, um, a couple of people, a couple of promoters would t- say it, but uh, we would always be like, all right, let's get it. We would always get the promo done in, in one, one take. Really? Um, yeah. We would just do the vibe. We would get the vibe down and we would just, get, we would just roll. And they're like, yeah, you guys got it. Like, do you guys want to do it again? Like, nope, that was great. Perfect. And with nine times out of 10, we would get the promo on the first take. So was that like the same way where you guys did things at like, uh, in NWL, like the, when you guys were the blood brothers instead of the besties. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I, we didn't, we didn't want to mess, you know, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So we were like, Hey, let's just, uh, let's just do bare bones. Like, what do we need to get done on this promo and let's go for it. And we, we would just roll with it. There, there's a couple of promos in NWL where, um, there's actually one specifically that, uh, Fitchett got me with an inside joke. It was, and it was me, Marty and, uh, and him. And she was interviewing us and he got me with an inside joke and you just see my face. Uh, you could tell it hit and I, I, I knew what was going on. You see my face, uh, and they were waiting for me to break and we just kept rolling and they used the promo, uh, just because I was, I was, I just did the face and then I just rolled right into it when it was my turn. They were expecting me to break and we were going to have to cut. And I was like, nah, we ain't fucking cutting. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So you got, so this coming Friday, it's uh, giants woke eyes open at the, House of Anarchy in Alton, Illinois. I'm convinced that Doug to go to his now second. This is going to be his second uh, independent wrestling show and first Anarchy show because he was at Glory Pro and he was able to see you guys, you and Fitchett. I believe it was Dan the Dad and Danhausen that night. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that was and that was a great show. I think that was at the pageant, was it not? It was. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of fun. So it was kind of, uh, he was kind of spoiled on his first uh, independent show. He gets to go to the pageant. Now he gets to come to uh, a little smaller hall in uh, Spalding Hall. <laughs> hey, uh, don't, don't knock it till you try it. We have right, uh, right. one of the, uh, honestly, like, that, that's do it for the brand. And we, uh, you know, we, we, the Anarchy Faithful, man, it's a different, it's a different vibe there. Um you, you have to be there. Honestly, it's a, a the Spalding Hall is, is 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 and has been for a while. A lot of people's like, "Hey, I want to, man, I want to fucking wrestle there," and it's just, I mean, we it's just because of the the wrestling and the you know the direction and the good people that put on the put on the wrestling. I so. mean, it's a it's a legendary place. I mean, I remember yeah, a, the, the first time I ever showed up was that triple threat between you, Fitchett, and Gary. And I was hooked right in from like that point forward. Oh, uh, that was right before NWL, yeah, yeah. And then I first, then I actually got to meet you guys at NWL. I think it was uh, the second night when they were doing the meet and greet, and you guys were like trying oh, to get yeah, the yeah. promo with Marty and stuff like that. Yeah, I was a f- like I became an instant fan of you guys from like that first uh, that first show that I went to with Anarchy, and then when I went to NWL, I was like, holy crap, man, this is even better. Yeah, and like. Uh it was, I, w- I wish NWL had, um, some more length to it just because there was so much good stuff coming down the pipe, um, right before they closed. And it was like, man, uh, it was kind of bittersweet really. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it's, it's good to hear that like when NWL started, people were coming and like enjoying it because 
I know a lot of people weren't into it. They're like, Oh, why, why are they changing names? And why are we doing this? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it was, they were, they, they took away the names, but they were letting us do and be ourselves. Basically. We just had different names. So, um, I really enjoyed my time with NWL. And like I said, I wish there was more length, uh, more length to it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, in the early going before we got on a hot street, like people were enjoying it. Oh yeah. It was great. I mean, the only, like, I still found it hilarious that it was Gary was uh, coming out as Jay Lutz and, you know, he was a, he was just an alcoholic. That was his entire gimmick. And I know he like looked, looks back on it and it's like, you know, he's kind of, he always, he told me before, like he was a little indifferent towards it, but I thought it was freaking hilarious. Just like, some of the some of the matches that he put on, and it seemed like he was pretty wasted during those times. <laughs> so this coming Friday, you got uh, Raheem De La Suede for the Destination Championship. Also on the card, Billy Starks, and I'm gonna butcher this name. So if you could help me out uh, with the name that Billy is facing. Uh, I believe it is Miyu Yamashita. Okay, Miyu Yamashita. Thank you. Uh, Gary's also on the card taking on Brogan Finley, and Shazen McKenzie and Evangelistico are squaring off as well. There's a few more matches. Oh, yeah, Anakin, Deathwish Anakin Murphy faces <laughs> off against uh, Jeremy Wyatt, and I believe it's uh, Full Power Thunder Muscle versus Billy McNeil and Victor Analog. And that six-man tag at the end of the night, it's supposed to be... I'm trying to scroll, scroll, scroll. Sorry, bear with me. <laughs> this is great radio, I know. Um, here it <laughs> no, is. you're good. It's uh, Thomas Shire, One Called Manders, and Mad Dog Connolly versus Derek Neal, Moonshine Mantle, and Casey Carrington. Apparently, there is no uh, potatoes to be thrown during that match from what I've seen, uh, from what I've seen on Twitter. Yes, uh, and I also believe Shire was replaced because he uh, suffered an injury uh, training. Oh. So uh, I don't remember who they replaced him with, though, unfortunately. Gotcha. So, well, if you're going Friday night, you will find out who is replacing uh, Thomas Shire. Get your tickets now at... SL- Actually, I believe it's Christian Rose that replaced oh, him. Oh, okay, you I'm defeated correct. last time. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. No, I knocked him down a few pegs. Knocked him down a few pegs, and now he gets to go <laughs> go in that big six man tag that's going to like pretty much tear down all of Spalding Hall. We, right. We are going to take a break. We're going to play a song here. Uh, we got Crystal O'Connor and the Whiskey Rebels. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more to, uh, to Vega. So keep it right here on Beyond FM.
jump on Who's across the big plane Pattoon all day long Pull into the party Cold and let them know we're here Somebody better hand me a beer It's a four-hour drive Leave our worries And our cares behind Put some whiskey in my cup to fill my cup. Cooler if you did. Beyond FM.
First song was Crystal O'Connor and the Whiskey Rebels, who I saw this past Saturday. With Ozark. With Ozark, yes. And they are amazing live. They are down to earth, just straight, cool vibing whenever they're live. And then Doug's favorite song right now, the number one, Sons. I'd be so much cooler if I was a dick. I, you know, I don't even think that's my favorite song. I think that's just the song about my life. <laughs> makes sense that'd be the song that'd be my entrance song right there i got to see them live this past saturday as they were all so after i got done over it with crystal and ben and them at uh you know fallon drove straight down 70 to diamond music hall got to see uh the number one sons uh augmented hearts and a living hell got to see them perform live and it was a great overall show a living hell which they're going to be coming up here with nothing nothing but a memory uh, they perform great live. That was so their, they hold uh, up. That was their uh, first time at Diamond, too. Yes, it was. And it was a great show. Got to see them and uh, hang out with uh, Jason, who was on our show. Got to talk with a couple of the band members, the other members of the band, and trying to convince the whole group to come in as a whole. So, no blood, nothing like that. No, not looking like uh, the Misfits or anything like that. They were, they were dope. I was thinking about somebody else. Uh, your favorite show. story of Joel Colby knocking himself cold <laughs> at Diamond Music Hall. Uh, on the line with us, too, is uh, Davey Vega. We appreciate Vega coming on the show, uh, plugging the show coming up this Friday. And we're definitely going to be talking to Vega pretty much the entire night. Um, just forewarning you, Davey, um, I reached out to a couple of your peers to try to get some funny, interesting questions to ask you to uh, <laughs> get a... I believe they call it a, a Vega type response, more or less, <laughs> to, oh boy. to some of these questions. So I'm going to ask you later on. So I'm just forewarning you just a little bit. All right. So me and Doug were talking in, during the break, and it's we're going to talk a little Cardinals baseball as things aren't really going the greatest right now. And I know you are not the uh, a St. Louis born kid. You you are from Ohio, and I'm pretty sure you're a Cleveland fan. 
Yes, sir. Uh, I was born in, uh, it's just easier to say Cleveland, but I was born in Canton, Ohio, uh, like an hour south. So the home um, of football. So it's even easier to say, <laughs> so it's like almost even better than saying Cleveland. Right. So, I mean, it just, it felt like at the time, uh, whenever I just say Cleveland, it was like, oh, that's the bigger, bigger city that like, everyone will know. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm from Canton, Ohio, and then moved here when I was 13. And uh, I, I'd say, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty devout to my my home team, but uh, St. Louis is, uh, I, I definitely say they're my, my surrogate NL team. So, all right, I'll, I'll give you that the surrogate NL team. So, <laughs> what's funny though is what we were talking about during the break is a possible trade going on between your Indians or Guardians. <laughs> Your Guardians and the Cardinals. We're getting canceled now. Oh, shut shut up. Indians. Shut up. <laughs> so uh, I haven't heard much, but uh, I, I th- I'm going to assume that it revolves around Bieber. Um, <laughs> yes, it yes, does. It does. Yeah. Doug found a report. Uh, if you want to read that off, the, uh, the possible yes, so. trade it was supposed to be, or they're, they're talking of right now. And I want to see your reaction, and we got to get our reaction to like this nonsense. So the trade would be if this rumor is correct. Bieber coming to St. Louis, the mm-hmm. guardians getting Brendan Donovan, Tyler O'Neill and Matthew Libertar. So Vega, your overall reaction to that basically fleecing us for Bieber. <laughs> so the, the, the Cleveland's known for this. Um, when they, uh, I can't remember what the trade was. I think it was Bartolo Colon. They ended up getting Grady Sizemore um, and Cliff Lee and uh, I, I want to say Brendan Rollins for um, Bartolo Colon. Uh, and you know how their careers went. I think Cliff Lee, two years later, ended up being Cy Young, or three years later, ended up being Cy Young. And they yeah, had to he was a him. mainstay, <laughs> like a lefty mainstay out of Cleveland. And Grady right. Sizemore, I think he had like one of the greatest – like. When they, when they were what, the Indians, like when he was like known as like one of the best Indian players ever, and he had such a short career because of the way how he played. Like he was just, he running into walls, just reckless abandon, and like he's a legend for I think he played six years maybe. Yeah, um, but yeah, it like what could have been really. And Bartello's still playing. I think he just retired. I think I saw a report where he finally retired. Unless he's going down to, unless he's playing down in Mexico, man. I, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think he's good, done for good is what I read. I was like, oh shit. He's only been playing for like 30 years. Roughly. Yeah. yeah I mean, no the shit. Guy, but the thing, the funny thing was that dude could hit too. He could, but he was, Oh yeah. Monster. He was such an awkward pitcher. Well, I mean, when you got a guy that's like maybe six foot two and like, Okay. 280, almost 300 pounds sitting out there just throwing straight heat. That's It, it makes sense to be a little bit awkward. He was today's yeah. version of Babe Ruth. True. He just, didn't hit, he just did not hit nearly enough home runs, basically. So, uh, it's, so what, are your, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals like right now with the way they're playing? Like, as a more of an Indian or more of a, I can't keep wanting to say Indian, more of a Guardian fan, basically, and you're NL surrogate is the Cardinals. You're not like so, wanting to uh, hold back and like be like, oh, I need to pick a new team. Uh, so usually, if they face each other, 
Um, I, I'm, I'm going for Cleveland, but like if the, you know, Cardinals win, I, I'm not like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, so it's not that big a deal. And as far, as far as the, tra- that trade, um, I, Bieber is one of my favorite pitchers. So illogically I want them to extend him, um, out of, uh, because I, I was a big Corey, uh, Corey Kluber fan. And like, he reminds me of Corey Kluber a lot. Yeah. Um, so illogically, emotionally, I, I'm attached to him for that reason. Logically, his fastball speed's down. People are hitting him really hard. Um, he's already regressing, and he's only 26, 27. Um, and maybe his best stuff is behind him, possibly. But also, maybe this is the start of a fucking Greg Maddox run. So who knows? Where he never threw, where for those that don't know, basically never touching past like ninety four on his fastball, and he's just throwing nothing but filthy uh, sliders and curveballs. Yeah, and pinpoint location, like you never knew. Like he always knew where it was going, but it was like, okay, where the where the fuck is this thing going? And that's why he was almost untouchable all those years. Um, now, I mean, Bieber's got to get a little bit more untouchable. Um, like I said, he's getting hit a lot harder, and he's not he's not. Um, uh, he's not fooling people as much, but uh, the return from the Cardinals, yes, obviously, uh, I, that's a pretty good return. I would maybe throw like a low-level prospect, like relief pitcher, in there too, and let's seal the deal. But um, so going clean out our farm system. So going for a four for one right now? Damn. No, it would be a four for two. I'm sure we, we would end up throwing another person in, but. Possibly some cash considerations as well, man. I mean, right. The Cardinals are in desperate need for pitching. I think, like, right now, we're not hitting all that great, but that's just been their MO for about the past, like, decade. That this offense is just so anemic where, you know, it could put up 18 to 20 something runs and then not even score more than four in the next three games combined. But in years past, we've had the pitching to be able to back that up. We don't have that this year no. at all. No, and. So I'm looking at a little bit more information on Bieber. So he's under team control until 2024, where he right. So he's got an extra year. year. Yeah, we got a year, and the Cardinals prefer guys that you know you could have like team control for at least three to four. Sometimes he was the 2020 AL Cy Young winner. Um, which really, I mean, let's think about that shortened 2020 season, which it's a Cy Young, but at the same time, right. You kind of take that with a grain of salt a little bit. Right now. Yeah, his, but his, his fastball was also up three miles per hour, and he was, I mean, he was fooling people the whole time. So true. I think he was eight and one and like a, a 1.83 ERA or maybe slightly over two by the end of the season. Yeah. Right now he has a 1.0 F war and a 4.14 FIP, which are both. Uh, 41st out of the 69 qualified starters. Um, and through his strikeout rate has fallen this year to oh, 16.9, yeah. oh, yeah. which is 63rd out of qualified. And he's maintained a 6.7% uh, solid walk rate for 27th. Yeah. I swear to God, I missed the days when we didn't have to look into like the deeper saver metrics. It was just basically <laughs> e- wins, losses, ERA saves. That was that was the stats he needed. But now we have to look even further into Ks per nine inning, the WAR, WHIP, the ER, and pretty much everything in between. I mean, compare those numbers to like say the best pitcher on the Cardinals right now, 
And I guess you would say Flaherty because he has four wins. Michaelis and Flaherty's or, starting no, to show some signs of life. Michaelis has like. four wins. Flaherty's got the most strikeouts on the team, but you know, Verhagen still has like seven holds. It's it's just a crapshoot that nobody is really producing on any level with any of the pitchers. Matt's is zero and yeah. six, and he's been demoted back to the bullpen. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is getting no run support whatsoever, and that's why he's sitting at two and seven. Michael is being at four and two. Flaherty is uh, three and four, and I think Wainwright's even two and one. He's the only pitcher, or he's a sec- he's one of he's the only the other starter besides Michaelis that has a winning record in, in only three, uh, be, like three decisions. Cardinals now, and I, I two to one. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want to. Uh, you know, shit on uh, the new guy by any means, but how much do you think has contributed to that Molina no longer being behind the plate? I mean, I think it's, well, with the way everything came out with all the stories about them using him as the scapegoat and they, like the whole pitching staff that's in a hole basically coming out saying, oh, we don't want to pitch to him anymore. And then what happens like the next time he gets out there and pitches what was it? A eight inning shutout by Jack Flaherty. Yeah, yeah, I think eleven Ks, eight inning shutout or something. Yeah, and it's like okay, so it was I? And you can't. There's a little bit of. I think there's a little bit of blame that could be thrown in like every different direction, but I think with the way the front office handled it, and I think with the way Marmol handled it, and kind of like said, "Oh, he's gonna not be the catcher pretty much anymore." going forward and it's like how can you blame the catcher for the guys that are basically throwing the ball directly over the plate he sets up outside and they're leaving a hanging curveball straight down the middle to be crushed 420 feet to over the center field wall yeah true true that just made no that i think you're definitely right like there was there was a little bit of blame there that could have been for Contreras, but not everything and you can't sit there and say put him at the dh then you got to take gorman and put him at second and then you're basically making uh andrew kisner the everyday catcher and he's an automatic yeah. out well you also got to look at where was Contreras last year Where's Contreras? Are you gonna? Are you really gonna do with this con- conspiracy theory it's about the that he's a cub? Because he was a cub. They went after him because he was a cubby. He has to get his rights in St. Louis. God, that is what it is. That's he, oh, that, is a, that is a true Cardinal fan right there. <laughs> they go with the it conspiracy that's theory. Right, that's right. That's ride or die to to the end, man. It doesn't matter if he's wearing the birds on the bat now or not. He wore a damn cubby bear last year. I don't think he. Well, I mean, then you got to question Jason Hayward when he was here, and he was booed every single time he took the field because he was terrible. We paid eighty eight million dollars for him to come in and basically hit one seventy five for four straight years. Dexter Fowler booed every time he took the field. Yep, yep. And actually, Jim Edmonds said it best. He didn't realize the the uh, hostility between the two teams until who Dexter didn't. No, Jim Edmonds. Oh, until he stepped foot <laughs> back in his yeah. uniform. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, two one Cardinals are kind of in a weird situation or weird streak again. Basically, they did pretty decent in the month of May. Now, in the month of June, they haven't even won a game yet. Well, the bats are oh, still heating up. 
Well, it's two to one. They scored four against or three against the Rangers last night and lost on a walk off. Uh, so, question for you, Vega. Though you said you're mm. like a transplant from uh, Cleveland, like what brought you? Like what was the reasoning behind having to come to St. Louis? Which I'm sure it's probably not much of a better situation, or is it? Uh, n- no, yeah, I, it it ended up my 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 parents ended up splitting up, and then we they ended up. Uh, my mom felt that the boys, my my brother and I, needed to be with our dad at the time, so he was actually moving to St. Louis. So okay. uh, I didn't have a great time the first time, probably about the first two years I was here. But uh, ever since I I can never see myself living anywhere else at this time. To tell you the truth. So you said you came here when you were like 13. So I can't ask you this like t- prototypical St. Louis question. What high school did you end up going to? <laughs> I went to Melville. Really? Yeah. That's what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's it. That's pretty interesting because uh, no, I had like a lot of family members that actually went through Melville, uh, live and I lived right around like the Melville Oakville kind of like district, basically like in South County. So, kind of I same was, area. Uh, yeah, I was close enough to where because I had a bunch of friends at Oakville. I almost went to Oakville, but I was close enough where I could have drove to Oakville if uh, I had to get some like some slip or some form filled out where I could. Make I, I could go to their school with being outside of the boundaries or something. Nice, um, but yeah, but uh, I ended up going to Melville. Um, so probably better uh, off for it. <laughs> all right, so I got to ask the the the, pro, the prototypical wrestling question: What got you into pro wrestling? Man, uh, it was a combination of two different matches because there was a big gap in between uh, the first one. But I remember seeing it was Macho Man and Hogan versus. Uh, it was a tag team main event uh, in the early 90s. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And a lot of fun. And, like, they're just beating the shit out of each other. So, like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then a couple years go by, and then it was the Stone Cold. I don't know why, but it was Fabio Vega versus uh, Stone Cold in the Caribbean strap match. Ooh. Um, yeah, and, like, it was I, – I don't know why it drew me to wrestling. Uh, I mean, I love the match. I think they did two of them. Um, yeah, they and, had to uh, because I think what was it the first night they tried to do it on a pay per view and the lights went out. So like when it was supposed to be on pay per view, it didn't get like broadcasted well, and they had to do it again the next night. And Austin has said like in the past like that was like the most beat up he had ever been two strap matches in like a twenty four hour period. Oh yeah, and like that thing was not it, that thing was legit. It, it looked like <laughs> yeah, like. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say it was definitely that one, and I was hooked ever since. It was every every Monday and as many pay-per-views as I could after that. So, um, And then I discovered ECW shortly after that, and then uh, a couple of years after that, Japan Wrestling, and then few, I think early 2000s, we had IWA was already rocking and rolling, Ring of Honor just started, CZW, all that. So I like just finding all this stuff, and I'm like, holy crap, what am I seeing? Um just all this indies. And then it's like, I, 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 I had to, I had to get as much as I could. I was actually a tape trader for a long, like early, like late nineties, early two thousand for a bit. So, um, I don't need to date myself, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that, that's what got me in. But man, yeah, late nineties, early two thousands, man, what a run. 
oh man, like ta- like not a lot of people like will still like till still talk about all that uh, the tape trading all that much, but like you know again having to explain for the audience at home the uh, before you know like sending videos to your friends on like you from like YouTube or the WWE Network or something like that. It's all it was like VHS tapes. You're hey watch this match. Oh yeah, watch this match and having to trade off tapes. That's that's interesting. Yeah, you had to you had to um, hope find somebody on the internet that had a crazy setup that could dub tapes. So, um, no, nah, I loved it. Like I, 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 dude was super cool, and he would send me stuff. That's how I found out about uh, Masawa and Kabashi and Kawada and all them. Um, watching was tape all, trading. some great Japan matches back in like the early or like the late nineties and early two thousands. There. Oh yeah, and then when YouTube came around and like that stuff started getting uploaded. <laughs> Man, you you couldn't get me away from from it. Honestly, you're just basically sitting there watching in study hall, just watching these uh, wrestling matches oh, yeah. from Japan and stuff like that. Kimbo Slice, oh yeah. <laughs> um, supposedly they were just talking about uh, for the Brock Cody three match. Mm. They're gonna do a throwback uh, gimmick match. Really? There's gonna be a throwback stipulation in it. They're not saying what kind nice. of match they're bringing back, but. What match would Cole Miner's glove match. A what? <laughs> Cold glove Cole Miner's glove match. Oh boy. I was I was sitting there thinking like a strap match too again. Like that yeah, what, would that fly in this kind of like in I don't think it would know? because and the only reason I would say no, like they could make it work, but they not Brock versus Cody. I mean, wasn't it the Fiend versus Danielson like couple or when he was uh Daniel Bryan like a couple years ago and he there was a strap match, wasn't it? Yeah, we got to think. Brock is a beast, dude. Yeah, Cody's coming off of a broken arm, and he's still recovering from that torn pec. Yeah, yeah, true. You don't want to be throwing a high name like that into a strap match with. I Brock mean, Cody Lesnar. can take some hits. He had that dog collar match with uh, what was it with Brody Lee, and he got pretty worked over with uh, with a, with a dog collar. He, uh, well, even the I think the strap when he got whipped too. Yeah, by MJF, yeah. He actually, yeah. Uh, that was his stipulation they threw up for the third match was a dog collar match. Nice. And they're not sure if Brock shot that down real quick or if WWE shot that down. I would say probably WWE more than Brock. I think Brock would have a Find a dog collar is going to fit Brock. Brock's neck, right? <laughs> right. So answer, I guess you basically answered the own, your own, or my next would have been my next question was the fact that you were more of a WWE guy than a WCW guy. Yeah, um, I mean, I would flip back and forth, but my main my main was uh, WWF. Like that was um, that was my thing. I I, I don't know why. I, I, especially now when it's like I go back and you watch the cruiserweights, and it's like, yeah, I remember all. The, I remember watching them, and but there was matches that I missed. I was like, oh shit, I I wish I would have, I wish I would have tuned into it back then, but. Um, yeah, WWF was my main, and then once ECW rolled around, um, and I, I started picking that up more. Like that was my go-to for a long time. Are you were you more into like the hardcore deathmatch style, or just like the actual like mat wrestling style? Man, it was uh, my favorites were whenever Tajiri and Super Crazy would wrestle, or they would do three ways with um, either Super Crazy, uh, Tajiri, Kid Cash, or they would do. Um, little Guido in there. Like those are always my favorite. And like, cause I hate triple threats. 
so when you were able to, uh, like, they were just so good when they were together. Um, and they had a bunch of them. Like I, I usually, I'll just go search and like Tajiri three way matches ECW, and like I'll just pick out which whatever one I want to watch at that time. So I remember I, um, like this past week I actually watched uh, was ECW One Night Stand five, and it was that triple threat between Tajiri, Super Crazy, and Little Guido, and that match that match held up. I think that was probably one of the best yeah. matches of the whole night. The original, oh yeah, it risk in WWE, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, not only that, but they would do the tag matches too, like the triple threat tag matches when with uh, when Mikey and Tajiri started tag, uh, teaming up, and then uh, FBI reformed, and then Super Crazy would tag. Um, I think he uh, he had Kick Cash at one point, but he would he would get a tag partner every once in a while too. So, what wrestling school did you end up going to to like get involved? Basically, like what like started like you, you you said like what like matches got you like hooked into wrestling mm. when did you decide you actually want to do something like that uh i think it was real early it was um i think i was a sophomore in high school i was like yeah wrestling's it like i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get like because i had other interests and stuff like i actually had to make a decision on whether i wanted to pursue baseball or wrestling um which are both pretty similarly hard yeah. uh to get like um you know, notoriety in, but, uh, yeah, I had to make that decision. And then once I made that, it's probably sophomore in high school. I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going to get trained when I'm out of high school, but I'm going to go to college, get my degree, have a backup plan, whatever. Um, so I didn't, I I was, I wanted to get trained at 16 and then again at 18, but then I, I didn't end up getting trained until I was probably 20, 21. Um, and I was in college at that point, just, uh, going through college and then working, I think I was working part time. Um, but, uh, I ended up getting trained. I, uh, it's funny. I actually, uh, saw Dingo, um, at a 24 hour fitness, uh, and approached him and was like, Hey, I want to get trained. Um, and I used to watch him at the GCW shows, um, the adult stuff and only shows. Yeah. Uh, my buddies and I would go to those or and then we would go to the normal ones too, but the adult stuff and only ones were always pretty fun. Um, but yeah, and ever, I mean, I think the week after I, I, a couple emails got sent and then I was, I was training a week after that. And by the end of 2006, I had my first match. Nice. Were you like, were you able to like, cause I feel like right now, like you just flow, like when you're in the ring, not to like toot your, toot your horn or anything like that, but oh, like, no, I feel like you. you flow throughout the ring. Like, did you pick it up like that easily or was it like progressing or you like just straight up like, Oh, this is easy. This is, you're just a natural at it. Uh, no. So like I actually, um, and I actually, I told Dingo this later on, but I actually had some prior experience. Like I yarded a lot, uh, probably six years up until I even got trained. Um, but my buddy, uh, he got trained real early on. Uh, he actually got trained when we were in high school. So he actually taught us how to do everything for the most part. Um, and it was a crude version of what he learned, but we ended up, you know, being able to, whatever, protect ourselves or whatever. Um, so that happened and then I got trained. And the only thing that I really like, I, I progressed pretty quickly through certain things. Uh, my only thing that I needed to work on was like my footwork at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, you get, you start practicing and getting reps and, it, you know, it, it didn't take me very long. So, um, 
Yeah, I'd say that's probably it. Nice. So. All right, we got to take a break because it's getting to the point where it's almost 8 o'clock. We got to take a break here. We're going to play yeah. one quick song, come back. We're going to talk more to Vega. Hopefully, he's still good with that. Yep. All right, this is uh, the latest from A Living Hell. It's nothing but a memory on Beyond FM. That I don't want to live at all I took for granted all the times I spent with her It's alright, it's okay There's nothing left to say You're nothing but a memory It's like this that I don't want to live at all I took for granted all the times I spent with her It's the best of everything, STL, a living hell with nothing but a memory. They performed an amazing set this past Saturday at Diamond Music Hall. If you have not checked out a living hell, you need to. Just an overall great band, and Jason was a great dude to have on the show. We can't wait to get them back on the podcast as well, along with a friend of Davey Vegas, Gary J. We got him coming on later this month. So if you got anything you want to, like, say anything about Gary, go ahead and say it now, Davey, if you want to. Oh, man, you trying to uh, call shit? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we well, are I'm gonna, to promote I'm, the next fight. We, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I when I texted Gary to get me uh, something to say, like something to ask you about or something, 
kind of like a soundbite or something like that, his first response was, oh, man, fuck Vega. <laughs> yeah, that's a, to- that's that's a, a normal uh, Gary response. So. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. We've had him on at least uh, two, three times now, Doug, I would say. Two. Yeah, two times, and every single time he goes on a freaking tangent about this, that, or the other, basically. So, yeah, it's de- that was definitely a Gary response. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you said that you started wrestling. Um, you basically just got trained around like you were twenty one, twenty two. When did you first meet, say, like, uh, Fitchit and uh, Jalistico and get involved with like? St. Louis Anarchy, basically. Uh, so I met um, I met Pierre, Gary, and uh, Jalistico uh, in 2006 when I started training. Um, and I they actually uh, used me because um, uh, Pierre was at, Matt was actually running LWA at the time, um, and he used me as a favor. He's like because Dingo was like, "Hey, I got the student. He's you know he's." he needs some work, but you know, I think he can add to your shows or whatever. Um, and they, he, he put me in and, you know, let me get my feet wet for a while. And he put me in a, in a tag team and, you know, it was murder. She wrote ever since I was on just about every, and I wouldn't say every show, but, uh, I haven't missed a ton. Uh, and then I met Fitchett in 2009 when he started training. Um, so it was about three years later he started training and that's when he came in the picture. So uh, about, you know, mid to late 2000s was when I met all these dudes. Nice. And uh, I got to ask, though, where did the besties in the world, the um, the Savage Garden entrance that I would say is probably was like one of the best things about like Glory Pro and like St. Louis Anarchy was your guys' entrance. And I, don't, I think I've shown it to Doug but I've talked about it uh, with a couple of different people lately. And it was basically, it's basically they come out to Savage Garden truly madly deeply. And they, they're on the, like uh, on the ring post, like miming out the, I want to stand with you on a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst thing. Worst singing ever. I know. But if you, you've seen it though, right? Like you got to tell me like where that came from, like that whole idea, basically. Uh, legitimately it was, um, we, uh, we were on our way to AAW and we, I think we had, we had been tagging for on and off for a few years, but this was like, we were starting to get, cause we had tagged, um, mostly at AIW and some other places. So we were starting to get, uh, put together at AAW. Um, and we were on our way there. We stopped at a gas station. I was, uh, in the restroom and they were playing Savage Garden over the, uh, intercom. All great um, things. At the gas the yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, I just, I tweeted out like, Hey, uh, this gas station's pretty rocking. They're playing Savage Garden, truly madly deeply, whatever. And, um, Danny Daniels actually texted me off to the side and was like, I bet I'll bet you extra money. You won't use it as a theme song. Cause we were like, we were trying to find a theme song, uh, for a minute. Cause we used a couple, I think we used, uh, Taylor Swift, bad blood, uh, and then like a couple other, and we were just trying to find something that would like, uh, I don't know. Cause we didn't want to come out to like death metal or anything. Like we, we, it's it wasn't the vibe that, that would be like overused. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't the vibe that we were trying to give out. Like we wanted to be a great tag team, but like, 
we knew our dynamic and we knew our characters really well. So like we wanted something different and, um, fun loving and like something that you could still get into though. So, uh, he said, he sent that to me and I was like, you're, you're literally not going to threaten me with more money. Like I, are you serious? Like, of course I'm going to make this work. So, uh, we got there and we did it. We came out to the song. I didn't add the dance moves until later. Uh, and the dancers were my, were my idea. Best season in the world was Fitch's idea. Uh, and I think the jackets were as well. Uh, and then mine was the, um, I can't even take credit for the song because Danny Daniels just dared me to do it. But, uh, the dance moves were uh, strictly a spur of the moment thing that I came up with when I was up there one day. <laughs> so uh, basically it comes off all off of a dare for like extra money. That's hilarious. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so basic, so you start to, you guys start tagging. Um, was it 2020 or 2021 that you guys end up making it to Ring of Honor and you guys face off against the Briscoes? Uh, so that was actually, um, that was during NWL, or right around, right before NWL closed. So that was because um, we had, NWL helped us as far as like, um, I mean, we were all over in 2018 and 2019. So um, we had, that was our first year we went to England too. So, um Uh, I'm sorry. A lot. What, what was the question? Uh, the Briscoes. Yeah. Uh, so 2018. Um, NWL. That was early. I that was an ROH show. I thought you guys had gotten like invited to like Ring of Honor for like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was. It was 2018 when that happened. Um, and then we did because we did what happened was we did their um. We actually wrestled twice that night. We did like their internet special match, yeah, uh, and then we went on and wrestled the Briscoes in like uh, like a five minute like kind of squash match or whatever. It, it was like six minutes top, uh, which was cool because like they didn't want to squash us. They actually wanted to go out there and work with us, um, but they were doing it for whatever. You know, Ring of Honor was TV at the time or whatever, and I whatever you know whatever they wanted they well, they wanted some they wanted the job done, so that's what we were gonna do, but we remember specifically they're like, man, we want to do this again. Like we, we really didn't want to do that with you guys. We wanted to actually have like a really great wrestling match, blah, blah, blah. So that was really awesome to hear afterwards. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, right around 2018, 2019. Damn. Now you answer the question too. Like, what was it like working with like, you know, the late Jay Briscoe? Oh yeah. Uh, the dude's phenomenal. I mean, obviously the dude's a phenomenal worker. He was a phenomenal person. Um, and just the fact that like he, neither of them had to give us anything if they didn't want to. Those guys are fucking legends, you know? Yeah. Um, but they were so like excited and like, we even asked them like, Hey, is this okay? And they were like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah. and we were like, okay. So it, it was just real cool that, um, one of the top tag teams in the world for how long is just like, yeah, let's do, let's do this and this. And like, they're apologizing to us. You know what I mean? Um, it was just, it was really cool feeling. And like, they, they were nothing but respectful to us. And it was, it was awesome. Like we had such a great time. Were they really as crazy outside the ring as they are inside the ring? Uh, man, I, 
I, I, I was going to say, I don't think anybody is that, but uh, I, I'd be lying for sure. I think people, some people are <laughs> I've crazy Gary outside J. of the ring. I mean, I mean, besides <laughs> Gary, besides Gary, everybody knows Gary is just as crazy outside of the ring as he is inside the ring. Right. I thought you had something else. Uh, mm. Sorry, Doug. Um, so, yeah, 20, so you said that was like 2018, and then, what was it, the, the God, I had lost my train of thought there, because I know, was that around then the, I want to say Cross finished up around with Lucha Underground, that's when you guys had the run-in, and that's when the nickname, was it Panda Bear Vega came about? Or do you not want to talk about that? That actually, um, that actually came around um, when I had actually uh, my my Twitter account. Sorry, but my my, uh, my Twitter account actually got uh, banned. Um, so the Davy Vega eighty five account uh, got put in Twitter jail, and they didn't like um, they didn't like my reasoning on why I wanted out, and I just never I had to switch. So that's where the Panda Bear Vega, because it's actually an account for my old dog, Panda. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I got to ask about the nicknames, though. Where did, uh, what, so the Miracle Worker, where did that come from? And what is, exactly is that, like, pertaining to? Uh, so a buddy of mine uh, in wrestling, uh, I, I had come down and did a trip that he was at both the shows. And he, he saw both matches and he said that, um, let's just say the other talent wasn't uh, as good or what he thought was a uh, passable talent. Um, and he said, I got the, the best matches out of them and I was a miracle worker. So that's where that comes from. <laughs> okay. The Spitfire then. Uh, Spitfire was actually my original nickname uh, when I first started. And it was really just because um, I, I was really into, like I was a skateboarder uh in uh, teenage years. So uh, Spitfire was my favorite company and I wanted to use the logo. (laughs) Uh, But now it's more like, uh, more pertains to like uh, that, uh, that, that, that deep fire within, within me. And like, uh, you know, that's just what I am a Spitfire, easy to, easy to temper. You know what I mean? And then the Ace of Anarchy, which I'm pretty sure that's self-explanatory. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you you put all all my matches up uh, in, in Anarchy, and I've 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 wrestled the best of them. I beat some of the best of them. I'm I'm the bar. I'm I'm the ace. Like, there's no. That's what I am. Uh, Gary Gary can be the soul of the soul of Anarchy. I'm I'm very happy being the ace. So I mean, I've heard people uh, say that about you. Basically, like you could have him open the show, go in the middle of the show or even close the show. And he puts on the best match of the entire night. Um, what was it? The, not the last match, not the, not your last match against Christian Rose, but I think it was the one against, uh, Gary earlier in the year. You guys had a yeah. hell of a, a hell of a match that night. Yeah. I mean, Gary and I have been, I mean, we know our, we know each other really well and we actually, uh, you, you, since you came in late, you, you missed it. We did, we did a, uh, Ironman match, uh, for Anarchy one year. And I, I've always said afterwards, I've never, been, I've never been the same after that one hour match. Like, Why do you say that though? Nuts. Like, can you explain? Uh, I, I, I came in with some injuries, uh, but like some knee injuries and then like my hip was kind of messed up and like, 
it just hasn't been the same ever since. Like I should have taken the time off and I didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And that's kind of where that kind of like mess things up a little bit more or. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm better now. Like, uh, it it just, it just took a long time to, to feel right after that match. So, okay. I got you. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to play uh, Retro Champ with uh, Lord Have Mercy. He's got a new single coming out this coming Friday. He's supposed to send it to me sometime today. So I'll be able to check it out before you, Douglas. But, yeah, here's our boy Retro. It's Lord Have Mercy right here on Beyond FM. Everything STL. (laughs) 
It's discrepancies with Get Hype, Beyond FM, the best of everything STL. Before that, we had Retro with Lord Have Mercy. Uh, shout out to Retro. His new single drops this coming Friday, and hopefully he remembers to send me that freaking link so I can listen to it later on. Uh, this is probably going to be Davey's last segment for the night, so for those that are wondering if, or wanting to listen in for the full two hours and shit, I understand if y'all take off after this, basically. Chris, we're not good. We're not, yeah, we're not great. Davey's the only reason anybody's tuning in anyway, so. No, um, shit. <laughs> so, I messaged a few of the guys just to see if I can get some, something to ask about, you know, something kind of because we love to hear uh different like road stories and stuff like that we love to hear like inside jokes and stuff like that between like a lot of the wrestlers uh with uh gary you know his initial response was after i told him you were going to be on the show his initial response you know fuck vega so of course yeah. that's him he wanted me to ask you uh why bret hart sucks he's um uh an undertaker apologist. So, um, he can, I'm not even, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, he's a Shawn Michaels guy. I'm a Bret Hart. I've always been a Bret Hart guy. So, uh, okay. It makes sense. That makes I, sense. I, I, I'll obviously give Michaels his flowers. He's one of the greats, but I was always a Bret Hart guy. So, I mean, he was the excellence of execution. He was, you know, one of the best of all time for sure. It all comes down to the screw job. Uh, yeah, where where do you uh, lie on the screw job? He's a Bret Hart. Oh, guy. I'm clearly with Bret Hart. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm with hear, Bret. I'm I'm I still want to hear like what he thinks. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine? Screw job doesn't happen. Bret Hart doesn't have to retire. Maybe even comes back in the mid two thousands, even maybe even a couple of years ago, because what he's, uh, in his fifties, right? He looks like he's in his seventies. Well, right. But like, that's after like he got kicked in the head by fucking Goldberg and couldn't fucking like had those seizures and shit. Like, right. And I, I think that's, uh, an, that's another Gary J tangent, uh, about Goldberg. <laughs> the last time he was uh, on, he went on a 10 minute tangent about hating on Goldberg. So bad. <laughs> You also got to think, if Brett wouldn't have got screwed, I wouldn't may never have went and did the uh, oh yeah the acrobats out of the sky that he was doing. Well, he was right. He was still like when he was, I think like in his early days, wasn't he doing the Blue Blazer stuff? And they just decided to bring him. That back. was after Brett left the company oh. that he started that. Hmm. Yeah, he started that after the uh, when him and Jarrett were together, and it was after Brett left the company. So you're a Bret Hart guy, but were you like more Owen or he just completely sided one sided with Bret? Uh, so as a kid, it was Bret, 100 Bret, because like 
you can't tell me as a kid that you like Owen Hart because that dude was so fucking annoying. Um, but then you grow up and you start to appreciate him because you understand re- wrestling a little bit better after that. And it's like you go back and you watch it and you realize how fucking great Owen Hart was and how not only did uh, we lost him in a different way. Like, can you imagine like if he didn't, uh, if he didn't pass, like what we could have gotten. Right. Um, and, but like two of the best hearts and we, both the careers cut kind of short. If you, if you're, and you're, not, you're not wrong. Like I've, I remember clearly as a kid, just hating on Owen and Jeff Jarrett when they were a tag team and just being yeah. like, Oh my God, he's, cause they were so fucking good at what they did. And he was so in his, uh, time with the nation, uh, what was it when they called him a nugget and it was just (laughs) (laughs) that stuck so well. And now it's like, damn, I hate making fun of him because he was so good. He was so technically sound. Yeah. And like, he was so technically sound, like amazing athlete. And, but like, you love to hate him because he, dude, he knew how to get you to hate him. I just don't understand what Vince is, um, what he's got against the heart foundation. Because, the way they well because of Martha hates him because the, but it's the, not just Martha. I mean, the whole family hates him. I mean, because look well, how he treats N- well, Natalia. Maybe not I mean, not enough. Brett and Brett ended up coming back to that mania and facing True. him. <laughs> so the Natalia way he, gets the way, ran through the dirt. The way they kind of like did uh, Davy Boy uh, Smith Junior. like a little bit wrong or a lot of it wrong, and you know Tyson gets hurt even though he's not like a full blooded heart, basically. He's married in. Right. Yeah. He's married Natalia. Yeah. But Natalia just gets ran through. There's no respect for Natalia. Yeah, especially with that last match against Rhea. Uh, Jake from uh, NWL, our NWL days, uh, sitting, hanging with me in the balcony. He's got a question for you. He wants to know what your favorite NWL match or moment was. Uh, in general or like specifically of my own? Of your own, of my own. Um, probably, um, I think the best moment was when uh, it was really awesome when you could feel backstage, like the momentum turning, um, going into like we that summer that we went into everybody was like, oh, we want their names back, their names back. And then we did that anarchy invasion or whatever. And then everybody changed their names back. Oh, uh, yeah. When you guys that was an awesome. Kansas, when you guys went to, like, Kansas City, basically? Yeah, and we said, fuck it, we're not doing these names anymore. We're who we are. And then, like, it was, like, you could feel, like, that was the turning point. Okay. And, like, every show after that started to get better. The writing, the feuds, the stories, everything just got better from there. And that's why I said, like, that ended so my career was touch on a hot streak. Like they were selling out shows, they were getting TV everywhere. You guys um, were getting I think they, like a lot of momentum around here, like, right? Exactly. Up until like the till it they sh- they closed the doors on the St. Louis side. Like you guys were like getting more crowds every single week. Granted, they were a bunch of drunk idiots half the damn time. <laughs> Shit, I can remember right. a few times. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of times where we showed up and like sitting in the balcony, me, Jake, and a few others, and then out of nowhere, this guy like five feet from us is just passed out drunk in the balcony section for no reason at the Gasoloma. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a great moment just because like, it, 
you could tell that the tides were turning and everything was going going to be okay. Um, I was real proud of my work with Kyle O'Reilly, the series I had with him. Oh God, yeah, um, I remember the night he showed then, up too. Yeah, and then um, I think winning the tag titles was probably that was a good moment too. I have not heard anything about the what was it the the Royal Bloods, the two brothers that were on the oh Kansas yeah, City side. Um, are they still yeah I, no yeah yeah mate no. Uh, I, I don't know. I know one, uh, I think one or both of them got married, uh, and maybe moved to the UK possibly. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think one kind of, kind of bounces in and out, but I, I don't know what, what a hundred percent, what they're, they're both up to. Tell you the truth. Gotcha. Our, one of our fact checkers, uh, had a question and I think you answered it already since you are a Bret Hart guy. Uh, they were kind of giving me ch- flack because I was, the whole basis and the whole goal of tonight was to not fangirl all over you because I am a huge fan of you and your work, Vega. Just throwing that out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. um, They were basically asking like, in your case, who would you fangirl over if you had the chance? And I'm guessing would be Bret Hart. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think, uh, and, Bret Hart for sure. I've never, I've never met him. Um, I, I definitely would fangirl, uh, Liger. I kind of fangirled with, um, and then when I was young, before I was even in the business, when I was, uh, I, I traveled for a show, uh, I kind of fangirled for Chris hero. Um, like, oh, like in front of in front of him, and I was like, "Oh god, that's fucking embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad because I did the same thing to Randy Orton in like okay. '08 when I I ran into him at the West County Mall. Okay, so. who else? What you fangirl over Double J last year? Yeah, that's true. And Road Dog too. Yeah. So, oh man, Double J is still killing it though. Yeah, this so this is before he showed up in AEW. So Doug's family is involved with the uh, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, and so is Double J, and he's like nice. one of the owners. So he shows up like at random baseball. Yeah, games. I think pretty much every baseball game that doesn't in a like a Wednesday night, he's yeah. there. So we went, we drove all the way up to Springfield to watch the game and he's just signing autographs. And I'm just like, so nervous about walking up to opening day of the lucky horseshoes last year. We got a, me and my fiance got a personal invite to go to the game. And we literally sat and talked to double J and Karen eating dinner, watching the game. And I text Pat, I'm like, you'll never guess who I'm sitting next to. He's like, I'm like, Double J and Karen. And I could see him fangirling through the phone and he wasn't even there. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? He's double J is one of the best. He yeah. was the chosen one, the slap nut. <laughs> yeah. You need to, uh, you need to get with Tommy because he's a big fan. So the last, last question for you, uh, uh, it's a two parter actually. So it's from Evangelistico and oh, he wants boy. to know your favorite road rage moment. And your favorite moments with the car load. So road rage moment first. Because I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos in Chicago traffic. Oh, man. That honestly, that pales in comparison. Um, There were two specific ones that come to mind, but one's worse than the other. 
Um, you can tell them both if you want to. <laughs> uh, well, one's real quick. One, uh, we were on our way to Texas, and a guy was riding my ass really hard for no reason. Um, so then I started brake checking him, and like I, this is where the Spitfire moniker comes into play. I, I, I've gotten it under control, but uh, I was a little road ragey. Um, and, uh, this guy was playing games. He'd sped up in front of us, got, try to start brake checking us. And I was like, yeah. And basically my hand pull over, pull over. Uh, and I was going to follow him. And they're like, you don't know if this guy's got a gun, blah, blah, blah. So ended up not falling. He got off on the exit, didn't follow him. So that, that was just one incident. But, um, another incident, uh, traveling to a show in Mississippi, I was driving and I think I had, it was me, Sean Orleans, Gary, uh, Everett Connors. And there was one more anyway. Um, so, uh, we were driving and this guy, uh, comes speeding up next to us and gives us the finger. For no reason, <laughs> and what was uh, doing? I, yeah, I I lost it. Um, he cut cut me off, sped up, and I'm going. I'm like, you know what? No, not today. So I sped up. I'm going after him. He realizes I'm going after him and starts speeding up. So we're going ninety down this fucking highway. Jesus. He gets on the shoulder because I'm like. He gets on the shoulder. I'm I'm telling him to pull over, pull over. I get on the shoulder. He drives like a mile on the shoulder, uh, and then gets back over. Uh, I get back over. He gets over in the lane. I speed up next to him. I'm not proud of this moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I speed up next to him, and I roll my window down, and I'm hanging halfway out my window with one hand on the wheel. Uh, t- tr- trying to touch this guy's window tell- with my finger, telling him to pull the fuck over. I'm gonna break your fucking hip. Uh, <laughs> um, and he finally, I just finally gave up because everyone else was like, "Yo, you need to chill the fuck out." And I was like, "All right." So <laughs> that was probably my worst one. But yeah, my half my body was out the window um, next to this guy going 90 down this road. So. Hey, you just flipped you off for no reason and miss in the middle. Of no, the I, I don't know what I did. Like <laughs> we didn't do anything. We, we just got over to like pass a semi and this guy lost his shit for some reason. So I lost my shit back. <laughs> just carry some pennies with you. And next time that happens, just toss them out the window as you're going. Break his. Well, and one, really? one day it's going it, to, one day it's going to come back and haunt me. I'm going to fuck with the wrong person, but also, I, maybe I'm that wrong person. So why are you fucking with me? <laughs> I, I think it was the, um, I think it was, what was it? The, uh, Davey Vega is a national treasure, uh, Fitchett had on his YouTube page. I don't think it's up anymore, but I remember just like in like one of the little clips here, like PSA to all Chicago traffic. You guys are fucking morons. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's everywhere. Um, I just hate rush hour. I hate uh, Illinois traffic like in the worst way possible. I think most Illinois drivers are just terrible. So I completely agree with you on that. I just hate traffic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with traffic. That's why like I'm lucky. I've been, I've been blessed to work at home. 
uh, I don't have to do those fucking drives anymore. But anytime I'm out, like I have zero tolerance. Um, it's, it's a, it's a me issue. Uh, I need to fix it, but I, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's, people don't give a shit. any they, they do whatever they want out there. True. True. And Doug's got to deal with the repercussions of it. Cause he's a, t- he's a, that's why he sits in the tow truck all by himself all day long. Damn. All right, Vega, we're going to let you get out of here. We appreciate you coming on this coming Friday. Uh, Giants woke eyes open. Davy Vega versus Raheem De La Suede for the destination championship. You're, you're going to have a hell of a match guaranteed. So where can they everybody oh, wow. find you on the socials to keep up like your next match and stuff like that? Uh, for, uh, Instagram, uh, Davey Vega 85. And then my Twitter, which man has changed again, I believe is Spitfire Vega. So, uh, hit me up on there. Um, you got Panda shut down too? Uh, I think I was able to change it actually. Um, it just wasn't working out for what I was trying to go for, man. (laughs) You got that video up, uh, that shows off like the Spitfire, uh, like the moniker and all that, that I saw that's on your Twitter page. So if you yeah, have, pinned if, at the top of my Twitter, yeah, if you guys have not seen that video and you'll see what Vega's all about, you got to go check them out on uh, Twitter. We will see you out there on Friday. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm a pretty bad dude when I need to be. So you'll see, and everybody will see this coming Friday. We're going to take a break. We're going to play a uh, five fold and step back. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up right here on beyond FM. All right, man. We appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll, uh, I'll have one night I don't have him. I'll have to come back on for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And we can try to like make sure it's not the first of the month, so he doesn't have to. That the whole thing he, for yesterday, he had something going on with like the veterans affair and stuff like that. So that's why he had oh, to be gotcha. there. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, no worries. I'm the finance officer for the Florida Post American Legion. And, yeah, uh, he's me. got that on his business cards now, apparently, too. So, Oh, nice. If I had made business <laughs> cards, I'd need a whole damn spreadsheet at this point. <laughs> All right, we will see you Friday, Vega. Appreciate you, man. Awesome, awesome guys. Take it easy. All right, man. Have a good night. Yeah, when we say the best of everything STL, we mean everything. I've got a good mind to slap your fat face. Beyond FM.
Fivefold with Step Back, Beyond FM, the best of everything STL, Beyond FM. It's the Monday Night Show on a Tuesday. You listen to the hat trick. want to thank uh, Davey Vega again for showing or calling in, basically, and being on the show. We are going to see him live this coming Friday at the House of Anarchy. Get your tickets at uh, stlanarchy.com doing it for the brand it is going to be a great time convincing Doug to come out and be uh, degenerate for the independent scene yeah just kind of hopefully he's not going to be able to work the next day so you don't have to worry I do about have that. to work this weekend oh man because you asked Dude, I've, had, I've had like the last month of Saturdays off Jesus so Looking at the Cardinal score, it's uh, 6-3 Texas in the top of the six. We got a couple things we wanted to hit on just a little bit tonight before we get out. Uh, some big news out of St. Louis is the fact that the Battle Hawks have announced season tickets to come out for 2024. I got an email earlier today saying fifty dollars in and you get and you get the down payment right there for season tickets for the next oh, year. Nice. So I'm maybe we can. Uh... Start the uh, emails to them already and yeah, see about yeah. doing uh, radio forum next year. That is true. We may have to start doing that. Um, another thing that came out earlier this week that I found on Twitter, and I wanted to gauge your reaction, and I was kind of posted this earlier this week too. Basically, the NBA is announcing that they are coming, they're going to try to do an expansion league or expansion team, basically. And. The question is, can St. Louis support a basketball team? They used to so, with the St. Louis Hawks back in the day. Well, you, and it you was, had two teams back in the day. You had the St. Louis Spirits, which was ABA. Yes, which they at the time were one of the hottest teams in 
professional basketball. True. Uh, it was them and uh, Boston. I don't remember what. They weren't the Celtics at the no. time. But they would go, I think it was like six or seven years back to back. The two teams uh, were in the championship against each other. Um, then we had the uh, St. Louis Hawks here. Um, two-time in the NBA champs. Yes, two-time NBA championship St. Louis Hawks before they went on down to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. Um, so could St. Louis support one? Yes. Um, with everything going on in St. Louis right now, um, I mean, we just got the MLS team. Mm. Uh, Battle Hawks are back. Mm. Um, you know, do I think bringing a top three sports team to St. Louis right now is the best idea? Probably not. Let's let the other two teams kind of settle in because we did just take a big hit with building that MLS stadium. Yeah. Um, and if we do bring a basketball team back to St. Louis, we are going to have to build a arena for them. You know, they, they could just set them up and like fix up the dome and set them up in the dome. What are you going to do with Battlehawks then? I mean, you have to play on Saturday. They play on Saturday or Sunday. So yeah, I mean, make that schedule basically. But it essentially, well, that's honestly, also, we could put them in. Well, no, no, no. That's also enterprise football. That's our, that's during football season, basically, or f- during the spring. So the Battle Hawks, and unless the uh, well, basketball's still going on. Yeah, that's true. So you definitely have like a scheduling conflict there. Uh, so like the overall response that I've seen, basically from like Twitter and like all social media, was like Kansas City and Louisville and Louisville are the two cities that the NBA are looking at. And I'm just you know speaking in hypotheticals. Um, I don't know if we could or not. And I had someone message me saying that the bridge kind of got burned back in like 2014 when the NBA sent um, Chicago and Minnesota to St. Louis. It wasn't promoted. It wasn't broadcasted well. And you're having two of the worst teams in NBA at that point well, in St. Louis. And it was like nobody showed up. Here's the thing. Doing a one-off, you're not going to bring fans. An exhibition game too. Yeah. yeah. If you were to actually bring a team to St. Louis and be like, all right, this team's going to be here for a while. And, you know, you'll get fans. Now, the other thing you you have to worry about is kind of like what's going to happen if the NFL ever brings a team back to St. Louis. How much resentment's there still for the NBA for taking the Hawks out of St. Louis to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that was way back in, like, the 60s. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, if the if the NFL was to throw a team at us right now, there's so much resentment to the NFL and to the Rams. It doesn't matter if it's an expansion team, the Oakland like, Raiders coming to St. Louis. I mean, the Vegas Raiders. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what team comes right now. There's so much resentment for the league. And let's get our crime rate down before we start bringing in basketball. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to fix up a lot of things downtown with that, too. Like like you said, the crime rate. And it's like, um, what was it? I saw something on TikTok earlier today, and there's a guy that goes around to, like, every single stadium, and he, like, kind of ranks the experience and stuff like that. You get outside of Bush Stadium. And like, you get shot. You get outside, like past Ballpark Village. It's a crapshoot on like what direction you go that you could end up getting killed. Basically, yeah. I mean, 
I'm not, and I'm not saying that basketball brings a certain crowd to the games because they do. There are a lot of. I mean, I would say a mixed biggest, class that I'm, goes. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I probably would show up to a game or two if they were, we had a team in St. Louis. I mean, I've gone to, I've driven to Columbia and gone to a Mizzou basketball game, but going to a college game versus going to a pro game is complete, completely like, different. Yeah, I texted Vega. Uh, we were gonna, I was gonna ask him about that before he had to bolt out, and he says uh, the soccer team is doing relatively well. So we are a sports city. Then why not basketball? It just needs to be priced right. And I think he's got a point. It We can, you know, do we want a well-established team that's going to come in? Like, you know, somehow being something like the Phoenix Suns or something like that, like a team that's not going to compete for a while? Or do we want an expansion team where it's so going to be starting over from scratch? I think the best thing for St. Louis would be an expansion team. And the reason I say that is it, it's a fresh market then. Yeah. So if we were to take the Phoenix Suns, we're ripping. Just saying that hypothetical, anybody in Phoenix that's going to end up listening to this, it's like, no, we're not actually saying you guys are going to lose your team. It's going to – I look at it this way. So hypothetically, the Phoenix Suns come to St. Louis and become the St. Louis Suns or whatever they want to call them. It's no different than – the Rams leaving St. Louis and going back to LA or the Cardinals leaving St. Louis and going to Arizona. You know, St. Louis has always been, has been a a city that has always been known for their sports, but they keep getting teams ripped away from the city. So this is true. I mean, we've only had two teams that have actually stayed. St. Louis, which we almost lost the Blues back in the seventies. We almost lost, we almost didn't have the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, we almost because it came down to the, uh, uh, the decision. Who <laughs> won the World Series between the Cardinals and the Browns? Got to stay. Yeah, and well, the uh, the what was it? The Saskatoon Blues. Yeah, that's what we came this this close to losing the Blues to Saskatoon. In the middle of Canada, nowhere Canada, and it was just the fact that they were like, "Yeah, I don't think the market's actually here." Well, no shit, because nobody can say the name properly. Yeah, but everyone knows how to skate. True, Very but I true. mean, and I think that's going to be the biggest playmaker on this is, you know, what the city of St. Louis wants. If we can, I mean, now we have some things going in the favor of sports fans in St. Louis. And I'm not even just talking about sports coming to St. Louis, but like we mentioned, the crime rate's not the most ideal for I where think we have. Sports. Once we get the uh, the new AD in, and some things maybe start changing around, maybe that could possibly start making a difference. We're not going to get too far into that portion of things, but yeah, I think you know it might work. It could work. It could work. We've got a history with basketball. We've had, even in the last, I want to say, 20, 25 years, we've had a couple of, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say Larry Hughes is a superstar, but Jason Tatum is probably Tatum a superstar and, now. Um, why can't I, Trey, who plays for Atlanta. Um, Trey Young? 
He's not from St. Louis. I thought he, he was. I don't think he is. Fact checkers for you. We, yeah, we need to look at that. Um, yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum, Larry Hughes, Darius Miles was pretty popular back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, too. Like he ended up getting in trouble a lot, but still. Are you looking up Trey Young? Yeah, yeah. And? Keep talking. We are a hockey bed. We know that. Uh, Matt Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, uh, few like we had. What was it? The f- five out of the first twenty-five picks to go in the draft a number of years ago were all from St. Louis. So that tells you something about the city. We have a sports history here for sure. So I was wrong. He's from one of our neighboring states, and actually, he's from someplace I'd have lived. Um, He's from Norman, Oklahoma. Okay, so no, not from St. Louis. So there's no connection for Trey Young in St. Louis. But there's talk possible trade. I'm going out to the Lakers. Well, LeBron's that also just, talking about retiring and whatever but, for like the 15th. But, oh so. but did you see why the new clause in the NBA? Mm-hmm. So the new clause in the NBA, by what I... If you start following basketball, we could actually team here, like I said. Um, by what I was reading and whatnot, is he could retire, stay retired for a season, come back. In his off-season of retirement, he could buy a team. They just passed the rule that you can be a player-owner in the NBA. So what you know what that means? Jackie Moon. Yeah. Take it over. All I, every, when they started talking about that, all I could think about was... When Michael Jackson or Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan bought the uh, Charlotte Bobcats Wizards. No, he was part of the Wizards. He was, but he ended up being the owner for the Bobcats. Yeah, but he didn't have some type of ownership so. or higher or I don't think front so. office for the Wizards. No, I don't think so. I think he was just he came back and wanted to play, and the only team that took a chance on him was the Wizards. So, but yeah, he could you know. When he later in his later, like before he retired, he definitely could have played for the Bobcats and still be part like owner. <laughs> but yeah, the it may uh, still be a thing. The LeBron clause that Doug just mentioned made me immediately go to Jackie Moon, Jackie Moon, Will Ferrell in uh, what is it? Uh, old school? No, yeah, not old school. It's um, God damn, what movie is that? That is going to piss me off. Keep talking, keep talking. I mean, we're talking about the man that can, who, what he semi pro, yeah, semi pro. He oh, played uh, nine nine different positions for nine different teams in one day. Yeah, in uh, Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not yeah. Uh, during spring training. All right, we are going to get out of here this coming Friday. Don't forget, we are going to be out at the House of Anarchy. We're going to be hanging out and watching the show going on that night. We got the concert calendar getting ready to get put back up. Uh, Stay tuned. Got to plug Retro. He's got a show coming up in September. He's got a new single dropping this coming Friday. Not sure who we're having on next week. I think we're trying to convince uh, Gorilla J to come back. And then later on this month, we have Gary J supposed to come back, and we are going to talk all about his tour going through Japan and Europe, all of it in the next couple of weeks. So if we get Gary or if we get Gorilla J on for next week, y'all, cross your fingers 
We have no issues. <laughs> yeah. Last two times we had Jay on, we had some issues, but it's all good. Should have a major update next week for the foundation, too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It might be gravy. Oh. Has it got something to do with Jay or no? No. Okay. I was like, I was like, ever since I heard him steal, say that, you're I'm stealing like, his phrases. You're stealing his phrases. We're going to get out of here a little bit early tonight since we started a little bit early. We're going to leave you with uh, Greek Fire. It's a real life right here on Beyond FM. See y'all later. Peace, y'all.